It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. And make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me. At Julian Council to participate in next week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. And today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bright Co. Bright Co. Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Bright Co. brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. On. Okay, Carolina Panthers conclude their preseason with a 21 to nothing win at home against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills did not play really any of their starters at all while the Carolina Panthers played their starters for really the entirety of the first half, aside from that final drive there in the second quarter where Sam Darnold came in for Baker Mayfield in that two minute drill. And we'll get into Sam Darnold as there's some positives to take away from Friday night, and there's also some negatives, and the negatives were the injuries, and we'll get to those later, but the positive, let's start off with Baker Mayfield and his performance in the first extended action that we've seen of him as the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback on Friday night against Buffalo. Baker went 9 for 15, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Like, the passing yardage, not necessarily impressive, but the two scores, that is. And Baker went out there, looked confident, looked comfortable, especially for a guy who had to get up to speed over the last six weeks in Ben McAdoo's offense, trying to learn his teammates and find a place to live here in Charlotte and really grow into the role as the guy this season as QB1 here in Carolina. He went through his progression, something that we did not see Sam Darnold do last season, and Baker looked confident and comfortable in doing that and had a good connection with his tight ends, with Shai Smith on that touchdown uh, pass later in the second quarter. And that's one of the things, too, about Baker Mayfield. You know, the offense, it was punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown. And the one thing that kind of concerned me a little bit was the fact that they needed two fourth down conversions, including one that came aided on a penalty to score on that second drive. But they got down to the red zone and they had success. And when the defense gave them a short field off of that Jeremy Chin interception, Etor Gross Mottos getting the tip and then Matt Ioannidis tipping it down to uh, Jeremy Chin, he went down there and scored a touchdown. Like, you needed a third down to do it. But as we've seen from Baker Mayfield in his two preseason appearances, 
in Carolina. Washington a couple weeks ago, and then on Friday night against Buffalo, the guy stays poised and calm and can get things done on third down, and he did that multiple times again on Friday night against the Buffalo Bills. Now, granted, it was against their twos. The only ones I really saw out there, like maybe Shaq Lawson might be a one. They have some guys like A.J. Epinesa that are high draft picks from the past, and it's not like Buffalo didn't have any good players out there because their defensive line was not bad against the Panthers' offensive line, especially when it came to stopping the run. Kerry Elam was one of the guys that Baker went over there and gave a nice little shot to running to the sideline. He is going to be a starter for this team uh, for Buffalo this upcoming season. And he's a former first round pick. I mean, he is a first round pick just out of this last draft out of Florida. So really, he's the only guy that played extended amount of time for the Buffalo Bills that's going to be relied upon as a one this upcoming season. That being said, you can't really be disappointed by what you saw from the Carolina Panthers. It looked a little clunky at points and times on Friday night. But then again, it's like, all right, this is the first time where they're really getting an opportunity to go out there and to play extended snaps as a collective unit. And you can complain, and I certainly have done that through the last couple of weeks, about Matt Rule and the organization's decision to have a competition between Baker and Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey spoke earlier this week about how he appreciated that they still gave Sam an opportunity, even though we all knew deep down inside on July 6th, when they traded for Baker, that there was no way they were going to trot Sam Darnold out there week one if everyone was healthy to be the starting quarterback against Baker's former team, the Cleveland Browns. Baker looked good. The offense as a whole looked okay. Like They still have a little ways to go. And the good thing is, as I'm recording this on August 26th, the night of Friday night, they still have about 17 days before they face off against the Cleveland Browns. So there is plenty of time. They have all next week. They'll have cutdowns 4 p.m. on Tuesday. And then the following week will be game week. They have plenty of time to try and get some guys healthy on the offensive side of the ball. As there's plenty of players that were held out, including Christian McCaffrey and Bradley Bozeman, who apparently might be coming back here next week. So they have time to get that rhythm, get that communication. And that was all that Matt Rule was really wanting to see out of the offense. It's disappointing for me and all the fans out there, probably if you went to the game and, and having the rain delay, but it's disappointing to not get to measure your offense against the Buffalo Bills defense, which is going to be one of the better units in the NFL once again. The same thing, um, vice versa, with the Panthers' defense and not getting a chance to measure themselves with the Buffalo offense and Josh Allen, which, again, should be one of the top units in the NFL. Everyone's talked about Buffalo as being one of the Super Bowl favorites or the prohibitive Super Bowl favorite this upcoming season. So we'll see how it plays up there in Buffalo, formerly known as Panthers North. Not too many guys from Carolina other than, like, of course, head coach, the general manager, um, Joe Brady, who's now the quarterback coach, Ken Dorsey, and apparently Shula's up there. So players-wise, not as many former Panthers up there, but the coaching staff and the general manager staff, yeah, that's uh, still disappointing not to have, I guess, that combination down here in Carolina. But still, happy for those guys to have success for uh, Charlotte's second team. And a couple more things offensively before a transition to the injuries that the Panthers suffered and the impact that they're going to have on this team this upcoming season, especially if they're significant for Zane Gonzalez and Sam Darnold. Uh, but tight ends, there's been a lot of questions. I know on a weekly Friday mailbag earlier today, a lot of people asked me about the tight end situation. Hey, should they get Blake Jarwin, who was formerly the Dallas Cowboys? Should they go out there and get Eric Ebron? I totally understand how there's a want from the Carolina Panthers fan base to get someone who can be a pass-catching tight end. Like, we've been spoiled. We've had the Chris Mangums. We, we've had, um, of course, Wesley Walls. And we've had um, Greg Olson and even Ed Dixon. They, they've always had a pass-catching tight end. 
and that just has not materialized so far with Ian Thomas, who missed out on the game on Friday night. But Tommy Trimble had three receptions, and he might be someone who can have that potential down the road. I'm not going to put that expectation on him. He was not that at Notre Dame. Titan is extremely difficult to position to come into the NFL and excel at, especially as a pass catcher. Let it grow. But it's been not significant in a way of like what like what they've done this this preseason tight ends position as far as catching the ball is not insignificant. Like Giovanni Ritchie, who's gonna be a fullback, gonna probably play some tight end and allows them likely not to keep as many tight ends on the roster, he's gonna have a role. You're gonna see it. And we've already seen it so far this preseason. You saw Stephon Sullivan, who I think actually might be making the team after having a conversation with someone close to the team earlier this week. He could have a role on this team and they like him. As a pass catcher, as a pass catcher, and as an athlete, so the tight ends—they were involved, and I think they're going to be involved. Will they be a major part of this offense? That is still to be determined. But what I've seen so far encourages me that this is not going to be a net negative for the Carolina Panthers in 2022. Shy Smith, dude's already on the roster. That's very clear. Matt Rule, when asked about Shy, and even unprompted talking about Shy this week, made it very clear that number 12 from South Carolina last year, second-round pick, who had some legal troubles this offseason and still ongoing, he is going to be a factor on this offense. DJ clearly is wide receiver one, barely played on Friday night, which is fine, didn't need him out there anyways. Robbie Anderson going to be wide receiver two. And going into training camp six weeks ago, we would have said Terrace Marshall was undoubtedly the wide receiver three. But at this point in time, Shai Smith has earned the spot to be the third wide receiver on this team. And he has given the Panthers so far much more than we have ever even gotten out of Shai, out of uh, Terrace Marshall, excuse me. And I do wonder about Terrace Marshall's future. There's already the reports that the Carolina Panthers, of course, Scott Bitterer in on every deal, have reached out to the New York Jets about former Baylor player Denzel Mims, who is 6'3", former second-round pick there in 2020 out of Baylor, so same kind of size as Terrace Marshall. He's fell out of favor in New York. He hasn't been healthy. He's ready to find a change of scenery. Maybe they do a like-for-like swap. The Jets are not going to trade him if they don't get the right compensation. But as we remember, Joe Douglas, the general manager up there in New York, and Scott Fitter have already come to terms on a trade before, that being the second, fourth, and sixth round picks that Carolina sent over a year and a half ago to bring Sam Darnold down here. Maybe Mims comes in. But in the meantime, Shai Smith, absolutely. Should be the third wide receiver as far on this team so far. Offensive line, weren't impressive in the run game. Pass protection, Baker didn't get touched. And he got sacked that one time when it was really just kind of broke down as far as what was he was looking for in the pass game. Wouldn't put that in the offensive line. But they got to be better in the run game. Two separate situations, one at the goal line on third and one, and then another third and one where they had the punt. They were not able to move the ball on that Buffalo Bill second-team defense. That's unacceptable. They're going to be a lot better once we get to the season. But communication, continuity, those are still things that they're trying to work on is why they were out there for the entirety of the first half, protecting Baker and then Sam in that final two-minute drill. So Pat Elfline, too, he struggled. He's a problem. Hopefully Bradley Bozeman comes back in time so we can start week one because Pat Elfline is not going to help that unit be better this upcoming season if he's going to be the starting center. And then lastly, Chuba Hubbard, please, God, go hit the jugs machine. The dude cannot catch the ball. Very first throw out to him, drops it. Baker threads the needle 
and Chuba should have caught the ball. The good thing about Christian McCaffrey is when he's out there, healthy, fingers crossed, that will not be a problem. If he does have an injury, it's good to see Deontay Foreman, who was able to get the touchdown pass there on that fourth down and goal. He was thrown behind him, but he caught it. It's good to see that, that he can be a player who can maybe catch the ball out of the backfield because Chuba certainly has not shown in his last season or so far this preseason that he's a reliable target out of the backfield as a receiver. So that's a problem, and if McCaffrey goes down to Carolina Panthers, like last year, are going to have to go out there and try and find an Amir Abdullah kind of guy to be that pass-catching running back out of the backfield because Chubert is not going to do it. I don't really think they want Deontay Foreman to do that as well. So that's the offense breakdown from Friday night. All in all, they got a little bit of ways to go, but I like how the offensive line protected Baker. I like what I saw from Baker. And I think they can be a good unit. It's just going to take some time. And I encourage people to be patient. They still have 17 days until they face Cleveland. And I think by then, they should be okay. But will Sam Darnold and Zane Gonzalez be okay? Because after watching those two guys get carted off the field on Friday night, it's hard for me to see them coming back in a Carolina Panthers unit to form anytime soon. We'll talk about the impact of the potential long-term losses of Zane Gonzalez and Sam Darnold here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. All right. Here's the lesson. You don't want to be that guy, and you certainly don't want it to splatter all over the internet. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring. No matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it, go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the easiest, fastest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. These guys at Brightco are geniuses, and I just don't throw that word out there lightly. They made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, or whatever so friggin' easy you can get covered in two minutes on your cell phone. You won't find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. Bright.co forward slash locked on. We all hate insurance, right? These guys at Brightco turn the whole experience around, so it's probably the easiest thing you can do for yourself this week. No excuses, man. For five bucks a month, you can get totally comprehensive coverage, and it won't take you more than two minutes on your cell phone. Check it out. Bright.co forward slash locked on. You have to see this video. Brightco has a bunch of these hilarious videos that you can see for yourself at bright.co forward slash locked on. Toro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Toro, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and even the U.K. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Mini Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. The goal of the preseason is to get out injury-free. Of course, you want to do your defensive and offensive installs. you got to figure out who the 53-man roster is. Although, for the most part, you already know who's going to be on your 53 once you get down to camp. But the most important thing, as I've stated multiple times on this podcast, is to avoid any costly injuries. The Carolina Panthers already have not done that last week with Matt Corral, the rookie developmental quarterback, going to be out for the season with a list rank injury and could even be 
not ready to go for football activities, like real football activities, until once they arrive in Spartanburg next year for training camp. And that sucks for him and the organization, especially as they are still trying to figure out whether they have a long-term option at quarterback. And that will be, of course, dictated upon what Baker Mayfield was able to do this upcoming season in 2022. But Matt Corral's injury certainly complicates things. Uh, Bradley Bozeman avoided a significant injury, did not end up being a fracture, just an ankle sprain. Hopefully, fingers crossed, back next week and could be ready to go week one as a starter at center against the Cleveland Browns. Well, it remains to be seen. The Panthers had more bad luck on Friday night as Zane Gonzalez and Sam Darnold both went down with injuries. And I'm going to start off with Zane Gonzalez. I look at this one as probably being more significant for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season. One of the key storylines this time last year was the Carolina Panthers' effort to find a reliable kicker. Joey Sly is not that guy. Did not mean to rhyme. But either way, he is not that. We saw it a couple weeks ago against Washington. Why Ron Rivera signing up for that mess? I don't know. Don't really care either. He's not our problem. But he's not a good kicker. Ryan Santozo, with his mustache and the weird faces, he got cut again last week, I think, in Jacksonville. Like The Jags don't even have a kicker because they're like, forget it. Santoso, you stink. We don't want you. We don't even need a kicker right now. But Santoso, as much as it was great to see him make that 50-yard kick that he doinked in, he is not a good kicker. The Panthers were in a bad kicker situation to start last season until they found Zane Gonzalez, who was consistent and was no longer a liability. Then he went out for the season with that quad injury that he suffered on the road against the Buffalo Bills when he slipped on a frozen field in Buffalo in December. And then the Panthers had to go with Liam Haralahu, or however you pronounce his name, for the last couple weeks, and they were back to having a bad kicker. Well, Zane Gonzalez somehow, when warming up in the first half of the game, tweaked his groin, went down in some serious pain. It did not look good. Gets carted off the field into the locker room and... Now his status of the, as of this recording on Friday night, August 26th, is up in the air, and I have no idea what to think other than it looks like to me he's not going to be good come week one. And the Carolina Panthers are likely going to be starting him on IR, and that stinks. Zane just got paid. He was reliable. The Panthers have invested heavily in special teams with Gonzalez's contract, with the four-year deal for Johnny Hecker, with Andre Roberts, the former All-Pro like Hecker, who was All-Pro and was on the All-Decade team for the 2010s in the NFL. And then you bring in Chris Tabor from Chicago, who was a renowned, who is a renowned special teams coordinator. You feel good about the special teams, and you think, and Matt Rule said it, I've said it, that might be good enough for one to two games. And Carolina Panther fans should know very well, after seeing... Graham Gano leave, but even with Graham Gano, that kickers can lose you some games. And having a good kicker can win you some games. And now the Carolina Panthers are in a situation where they're going to be in the kicker market, and this is the worst time to be in the kicker market because there's nothing but bums out there. And all due respect to them and their families, but these dudes that are available probably are available for a reason. Like, here are the names of the available kickers, and this is a hat tip out there to Christian Adeskirk, who is the producer for uh, Charlotte Sports Live over there on uh, Queen City News or Fox 46 or whatever the hell they're calling themselves nowadays. Liram Haralahu, I think it was just recently cut from by Dallas. I'm sure the Panthers be in contact with him because they've had um, recent contact with him before. Matt Amendola is also someone who the Panthers have brought in for a tryout last year during mandatory minicamp. Didn't sign him as competition, which still boggles my mind. And in week one against the Jets, he had to be the punter and the kicker for New York. 
So he's someone who they have a history with as well. Sam Ficken's out there available. Matt Wright, never heard of him. Eddie Pinheiro have already gotten that name. Elliot Fry, South Carolina Gamecock. Uh, John Parker Romo, Chris Nagger. Trying to not try not to say a slur, even though I'm black, but uh, try not to say a slur there. Um, because what Andrew Mevis and then some guy named John Garibay and Nick Skiba, who is the name that I like the most. Skiba was just recently cut by Pittsburgh only because the Pittsburgh Steelers have Chris Boswell, one of the best kickers in the NFL, and they just paid him like three weeks ago a big deal, so they weren't going to keep him around. He was only there to try out, and I like. That's Skiba back at Wake Forest, right down the street, 90% kicker throughout his career. I do understand that he did not make a lot of 50-yard kicks. I think they said he never made a 50-yard kick. Wake's offenses are really good, too. He never really had to attempt one, but he made like 34 straight kicks. Like The dude was constant, was clutch. It would be nice. He had a 52-yard one in the Hula Bowl, so I don't think it's not possible, but I guess the knock on him is he doesn't have the biggest leg. I don't really think Zane Gonzalez has the biggest leg either. I just want a guy who can go out there and make things from 40 to 45 consistently. He's not going to miss an extra point. And Skiba, to me, is that player. But I would expect that they're going to talk to Haralahu and they're going to talk to Amendola. And my hope, fingers crossed, that they're going to talk to Nick Skiba as he was a really good kicker back at Wake Forest. So that's the situation with the kicker. And that one concerns me the most because the Carolina Panthers are absolutely going to come down to a situation this year where a field goal kick could cost them the game or win them the game. And if they're back here on the kicker merry-go-round like they were a year ago at this time, that's going to hurt this team. Because while the punting is going to improve and the overall special teams coverage and units are going to improve, the kicking just got dramatically worse, in my opinion, just because of Zane Gonzalez's injury. Again, fingers crossed it's not too serious, but him getting carted off and the way he looked, it did not look good for Zane Gonzalez. Sam Darnold. Damn, what a terrible week for this guy. Loses the job on Monday. Everyone knew that was going to happen. Then comes out Friday night and suffers another injury. And Sam Darnold has battled injury after injury after injury throughout his four and now five-year NFL career. And I feel bad for the dude. I have, of course, trashed Sam Darnold, the player. The person I have no problem with. I have talked to so many people about Sam Darnold, and they say he is the nicest dude and that they root for him. And honestly, I wish I could talk to the guy because I feel like we probably would be cool. And I'm not saying I want to be best friends with Sam Darnold. I'm just saying everything I've ever heard is he's a good dude. And it sucks to see a guy who's as good of a dude as he allegedly is be as bad as he is, with as much talent as it seems he possesses, but it just will not come out on the NFL field as a starting quarterback. It's unfortunate. So I'm the first one to bang on Sam Darnold. I hated it. But Sam Darnold is a valuable asset for the Carolina Panthers. Expensive at $18.858 million on that fifth-year option, but valuable. He has a wealth of experience as a starting quarterback in the NFL. We know that. Four years of it. P.J. Walker does not have four years of starter experience. He has two starts the last two seasons for Carolina. And the Panthers trusted him so much that they signed Cam Newton before he could even take his first start against the Arizona Cardinals there in that week 10 or whatever game it was last season. This is not a good situation for Carolina. You lost your backup in Matt Corral. And it would this would have maybe even been worse had Corral not got injured that he would have been one play away from potentially being the starter. And I think that they probably would have kept PJ and Corral if Sam would have gone on IR, but we'll see what happens. So with Sam Darnold from Ellis Williams from the Charlotte Observer 
According to his source, there's concern that he suffered a grade three ankle sprain. Worst case scenario is that Darnold has a dislocated ankle, which would require surgery and likely sideline him for the season. It looked like a high ankle sprain. He got rolled up on. It's an injury that you see all the time. McCaffrey had a couple years ago. And it's not a good situation. And according to WebMD, I was that guy who went to WebMD to kind of figure out what the hell grade three ankle um, sprain is. It is a full tear of the ankle ligament. You may have to heard a popping sound when it happened. This level of sprain causes severe pain, swelling, and bruising because the ligament is no longer able to do its job. Your ankle will feel unstable and will be unable to support any of your weight. Hearing that, if that's the case, and Matt Rule doesn't know, He's going to get an MRI, Sam is, I guess, Friday night, Saturday, whenever it's going to be. And I'm sure by the time you listen to this or watch this, you're going to already know what it was or is. But um, I'm going to assume he's going on IR. And the hope is it's not uh, the dislocated ankle because then he's done for the season. And that's a bad situation for Sam and for everyone involved here in Carolina. But I'm going to assume he's going to start the season at least on IR. Is it going to be season ending? We'll see. But he's going to be on IR and he's not going to be there for a couple of weeks, maybe in a month plus. Who knows what the recovery time is going to be with that injury. P.J. Walker, a week ago, was quarterback three, but he's the odd man out. Now, P.J. Walker goes from getting cut to being the backup quarterback once again here in Carolina. It's good that he has experience having started before, but it's not the type of experience that Sam Darnold has. And he has not gotten the reps with the first team like Sam Darnold has. Like That is not a great situation. But P.J. will now be QBT, too, and will be on the roster. And I expect the Carolina Panthers to still only keep two quarterbacks at this time. But they're going to need to add another quarterback. Not just because, oh, hey, maybe they need someone in the event that Baker or P.J. gets injured, but also going to need someone just for the practice squad and to be there so they can get through the week for scout team and that kind of situation. They're going to need to add somebody else. And I already know it. It's already happened. Please do not ask me about Cam Newton. Please. I've been telling y'all. Want more for Cam than for him to come back here and be the backup to Baker Mayfield. And I like Baker. But want more for one of the greatest Panthers of all time than to be the backup for Baker Mayfield. He was asked about it by Scott Fowler, he being Matt Rule, during a press conference, and that will be a conversation that him and Scott will have. But also Cam has to want that. Cam's the same dude who said a couple months ago that he put himself in a effed-up situation by signing with Carolina in the middle of the season. And in the same thing with New England the year before, it wasn't a great situation for him. Wouldn't this be another effed-up situation for him to be the backup? Now, he's not going to be the starter, but to be the backup, but come in here and then try and learn this offense without getting really any reps at the first team. Maybe. I guess it's worth a phone call. Uh, again, just want more for Cam Newton. So Sam Darnold, probably going on IR. I mean, definitely going to go on IR. Whether it's for the season or for three-plus weeks, we will see. Unfortunate, awful Awful week for that dude to lose his starting job, which he had lost back in July, if we're being honest. But then to have this kind of injury that's going to impact his health this year. And who knows? He might have gotten an opportunity had Baker gone down. But now this is, I mean, fingers crossed, obviously, knock on wood. But that's just tough to see those two guys get injured. Also, a couple other injuries. Derek Brown had an oblique. It was more precautionary because it's preseason. And then Giovanni Ritchie had a groin injury. We'll see what the severity of that is. But Sam Darnold, Zane Gonzalez, two injuries that the Carolina Panthers really did not afford could afford to, to have it's not your starting quarterback but it is your kicker who means a hell of a lot to your team and that's where a lot of points come from and unfortunately it looks like they're going to be out here in the kicker wilderness once again and that just stinks 
What did not stink, though, was Panthers' defense. They looked dominant on Friday night, so we'll go back to the positives of what that unit looked like as they try to take that step from good to great and get an update on a few guys that were held out of the preseason game on Friday night in just a moment here on Locked on Panthers. The NFL season is here, and it's time for fantasy sports and I'm going to tell you about a place that y'all need to check out right away. It's called Prize Picks. So how does it work? All right, it's just very simple. Listen to me. Pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, and y'all, I mean any. This includes the NFL. NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Like literally every freaking sport y'all can use with prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states. And for my Canadian listeners, you can also get it up there in Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100 over at pricepicks.com or on the Price Picks app. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The final preseason game typically calls for the dress rehearsal that the Carolina Panthers, while playing the majority of their starters, still held out a couple of players due to injury or just, yeah, let's just not do it too soon. And Christian McCaffrey, like last year, did not play in a single preseason game. Can't imagine that he'll ever play in a preseason game, at least as long as Matt Rule is here as a head coach. And any staff that comes after Matt Rule would be smart to not play Chris McCaffrey in the preseason, but he was out once again. Robbie Anderson been dealing with a quad injury. He was not out there. Shai Thomas, or Shai Smith, excuse me, um, started in his place. Shaq Thompson, who just came out the pup list on Monday, he was not available. Andre Roberts, Brandon Zilstra, Ian Thomas, Colin Thompson, Amari Barno, Isaiah Graham Mobley, Spencer Brown, Sam Franklin, Julian Stanford, and Bradley Bozeman were also all unavailable there on Friday night. And Bradley Bozeman, some good news that we got from Matt Rule on Friday after all the injuries. That sounded bad, except for, I guess, Brown, Derek Brown being precautionary and then Richie, Ricky, Ricky, whatever his last guy. I got Ricky, Richie, Richie, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Gio. Um, his doesn't, I don't know if it's that serious, but not as serious, of course, of course, as Zane Gonzalez and Sam Darnold. But bad Bradley Bozeman, though, they're believed that he'll be back next week. And it was a two- to three-week time frame, and that would be right there on two weeks. He's been progressing well with that ankle, and my hope is that he can get out there and beat Pat Elfline to be the starting center. Because Pat Elfline did put out a lot of bad tape once again 
on Friday night when he was playing with the starters and trying to protect Baker Mayfield and emphasis on trying because he did not do a good job of trying. So we'll see how that plays out. I guess I would still expect Elfline to be the starter there week one, but in due time, Bradley Bozeman did not come in here to be the backup to Pat Elfline at center. Um, another positive was the defense on Friday night. They were outstanding. And it's like I said with the offense, you really just want to see with them communication, all that kind of stuff, and have success. You didn't need them to go light up the Buffalo Bills. You would have liked to have seen them run the ball a lot better than they did. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Either way, Baker was kept clean, and he is healthy. And after the injuries that they suffered, that really is the main takeaway from Baker Mayfield's two-touchdown performance and his home debut in the preseason finale against the Buffalo Bills. The defense, again, they all stayed healthy. Brown, oblique, precautionary, nothing to be concerned about. And they went out there and they put the woodshed up. The Buffalo did have that 20-play drive that took like the entirety of the second quarter but did not allow anything at all from Buffalo. And Buffalo didn't score a single point on the night. So good defensive performance throughout the preseason. I mean, these guys, they look primed and ready to go out there and be, once again, one of the top units in the NFL. Are they going to go from good to great? We'll see. They had another takeaway. It was the uh, YGM tipped it up, and then Matt Ioannidis knocked it down over to Jeremy Chin. He got the interception setting up Baker in the offense for a touchdown right there in, in prime territory. And good to see the complimentary football. And that's what Baker was saying to Christian Balboni when talking to her on the pro, on the on the Panthers uh, preseason broadcast. That that's what we've been talking about. We got to do that. The Panthers did not do that a season ago, and the defense didn't put them in a lot of situations to be able to have a short field. And even if they had, the Panthers probably would not have capitalized on it. But to see them capitalize on it on Friday night was a positive in this defense. Phenomenal. Everyone stayed healthy. That is also the key because man, a tough night. Injury-wise, for your Carolina Panthers, my Carolina Panthers, our Carolina Panthers, as they prepare for the roster cutdown, 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, as far as scheduling goes with the podcast, um, this is coming. This is probably going to be out. I don't know. I probably am going to be able to get this out midnight Saturday, but it's going to be out there. So this is going to be Monday's episode. But then Monday afternoon, I'm going to come back later put one out there so you have plenty of time to watch listen to it whatever you got to do before they get to 4 p.m on tuesday that'll be tuesday's episode because it'll come out probably monday night um, on the podcast feed and on the youtube feed typically i put out the youtube episode earlier before the podcast episode i'm just for people who might want to go check it out on youtube um but either way that's what i'm going to do as far as i'm going to give my final projection of the 53 and i got some good information from someone close to the team earlier this week and I'm kind of surprised by a couple guys who seem like they are actually safe. So I'm going to talk about who I think is going to make the 53-man roster based off of what I've seen and also the information that I've been given. And we'll see, you know, how accurate that is. Um, heading there into Tuesday, 4 p.m., when they have the uh, official 80-53-man to 53 man roster cut down. It will be the initial, and that's very important, the initial 53-man roster. And I cannot stress that enough because there were guys who were going to make this team who will not be there come week one against the Cleveland Browns. The Panthers – have a position group, and I you can probably guess which one it is, where they're going to try and add someone. And it's not just kicker, obviously now, maybe quarterback, but it's another one defensively where they're going to try and add maybe one, probably two new players after you look at the waiver wire and see who is available out there. So stay tuned for that on Monday afternoon. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show. 
and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to follow me on Twitter wherever or, or yeah, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every Friday it's your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just rate, review, and subscribe. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Be happy. Be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Monday slash Tuesday to give you my final 53-man roster projection as the Panthers have cut downs Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.